It's time for the Hammer Deal with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. spent the evening in the ER, come home, hadn't eaten anything like that, had to get my son put down, all right, to get a fed and all that kind of stuff. He's off his schedule. I finally get to get some time, sit down and eat, and I watch this Bears game, and oh, oh, I don't know who I feel worse for. I don't know who to blame either. By the way, daughter doing fine. Um... (laughs) Leave you in suspense on that. But, like, I'm just, I'm watching this. Justin Fields is throwing balls off of defenders' helmets, overthrowing the fade. And then when he does put stuff on the money, you've got guys dropping it. And the touchdown I scored, what a hell of a throw and a catch. Like you see that potential. I mean, how But they turned it over twice inside the 10 yard line. That's frustrating, man. You come away with another loss in a game that you feel like, yeah, you could have won that. Now, I gave you, like, every stat in the world yesterday to tell you about the under. You knew it was going to be a low-scoring game. And, yes, I did take a flyer on Justin Fields to hit 200 yards, and he comes up 10 yards short. Thanks, buddy. Carson Wentz just 99 yards passing. I mean, you look at the box score and you're like, holy smokes, guys, we had a real chance here. You had, what, 16 more plays. You outgained them 392 to 214. Yards per play, 5.7 to 4.0. Justin Fields threw for more yards than Carson Wentz. And I told you that's what he was going to have to do if they wanted to win that game. But boy, he got sacked five times. He got roughed up a lot in that game. It's the turnovers. I mean, it's it's the turnover in the end zone, or it's a turnover on the uh, on the interception. It's not going to get done on fourth down over there at the goal line. And it's the muff to, it's the muff punt that set Washington up. Three plays. You get on the right side of those things, you probably you win this game by double digits if you're the Bears. That's frustrating. And I don't know. We all we're all looking at who to blame for this one. Is it is this on Justin Fields? Is it on his receivers? Is it on uh, the coaching staff? I honestly think it's a team effort. I mean, Fields has got a lot of talent. 12 carries, 88 yards. 
on top of his uh, passing numbers. But man, you can't have a 50% completion percentage. They've got to figure out a better way to use this guy. Sherman, after the game, Lord help you if you stayed up, kind of mentioned the same thing. You're not a pure pocket passer, man. Don't let them make you a pure pocket passer. You're not Patrick Mahomes. Don't try to be Patrick Mahomes. You're an elite runner of the football. Make more Cam Newton. And I thought to myself, and I went back and I thought about what I watched Justin Fields uh, do, and I thought, dang, he's got a point. I look at all the look at all the dang memes and videos from today, from last night, where he just looks he's tired, he's frustrated. I don't think it's the play selection that's bothering him. Of course. Getting roughed up as much as he did bothers him. But he just looks like a guy that's just lost right now. Doesn't look like himself. Probably doesn't feel like himself. I know. I keep on saying this. You have to treat this like this is his rookie year. You had a coaching staff last year that did not know what they were doing with him. He had zero development. And he only got good once everybody else basically gave up. Said, eh, that's it. And he got good down the stretch. Irvflus needs to figure out what the heck to do with him. I don't know if they talk to him or not about things. But you figure you get 200 yards passing out of him and darn near uh, uh, 100 yards rushing. You could make something happen with that. Of course, he doesn't really have any weapons around him. Darnell Mooney. That's what we got going on there. That's it. I mean, they got to do something to help this young man out. Uh, multiple, multiple junctures. Not to say he's not making mistakes out there himself, because he is. But boy, it is a frustrating brand of football to watch, isn't it? The Chicago Bears. Ugh. I really, really hope that uh, you took those unders last night. I told you not to take the no touchdown. Knew that was going to happen. For a while there, I thought I was going to be a a big idiot because I said, how many times they get it down around the 20 and not get it into the end zone? Both teams. Oh. Tough sledding last night. And we got to watch watch them on Monday night football again. You got to get better. They got to get better. All right, Purdue football still remains a 14-point favorite this Saturday night, hosting Nebraska. Doesn't sound, I mean, there's a, there's a, Tom Deanhart said there's a small chance here that you do get King Doru back, but it just sounds like, it just, just what's wrong with Maccabee? King Doru's a game-time decision. If he can go, I guess it's all right. But Maccabee's been great. I know you don't have Dylan Downing for a while. Kobe Lewis has been serviceable. Tyrone Tracy checking into the backfield gives you a few dimensions. Be okay with that. OC Brothers is out for a second game in a row. Elijah Canyon is out as well. Should see a little bit more of you seen. 
Charlie Jones banged up. I still like him to win. 14 points, though? I gotta... Come on. That's a lot. That's, that is a lot of points. For a Nebraska team that... I mean, since it's been under new management, it hasn't been too bad. They still put up 28 points a game. They give up 29. That's your problem there. They still put up an equal amount of yardage that Purdue puts up per game. They allow about 120 yards more per game, though. Is that enough? Can Purdue make that a 14-point spread? I'm trying to look at some of these other teams that they have played recently. And it's hard because you don't really get a good sense of what's going on here. Like the Rutgers game, they win 14 to 13. Purdue, better than Rutgers. Purdue, better than IU. Nebraska, let them back in that one, but still end up winning that one by 14. Purdue, better than Maryland. Or I'm sorry, uh, Maryland, better than Nebraska. But that was a three point game there. I mean, even Minnesota, they couldn't cover cover Minnesota twenty to ten. So we're kind of in we're in this ballpark here. I don't know. Fourteen points seems like an awful lot uh, to be able to win here. Not to mention Purdue's just three and three against the spread. The only bad news with that is Nebraska is one and five against the spread. Oh boy. It's been a little bit of a grudge match over the last couple of years. Uh, Purdue was a seven-point dog last year. Comes out with a 28-23 win. They were a two-point favorite during the COVID year. They lost that one by 10. 2019, they were a three-point dog. They win that one by four. 2018, a three-point favorite. They won that one by 14. I guess recent history tells me 14 is enough to cover. Purdue is 3-1 and one straight up and against the spread. Have been five outright upsets in the last seven, including the last three straight, but they're going to be the favorites this time. Yeah, that, that, that's a tough number right there. 56, do I like 56 points in the over? Absolutely I do. Because I think Purdue is definitely good for at least 30 points. So all I need is 26 out of Nebraska. So go ahead and put me down. I'll take the Nebraska 14 points. I hate myself. I don't like it. But 14 points. Boilermakers banged up in a few key areas here. I think it's just enough to make sure that that cover hits. But I do think they have a decent offensive day here at 30 points, at least. So all I need is Nebraska in the 26. I'll, I'll ride with the over there. All right, those are the official plays for Saturday. Don't forget, Kyle Charters and myself will bring you Boiler Game Day starting at 5.30 tomorrow. And uh, we'll have all kinds of great special guests. And we'll get you prepared for that one with the latest from Rossi. That's tomorrow. Hang tight. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier coming up next. Uh, we've got some tennis. Uh, well, we're on semi-state for tennis already. we got soccer regional titles this weekend. we got volleyball uh, sectional semis. I mean, he's a very, very busy man. We'll talk to him next. 
Stick around. More Hammer Down shows on the way on 1017 The Hammer. Back on the Hammer Down show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. All right, we want to go over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to bring in Sam King of the Lafayette Journal and Courier. It is definitely championship season uh, with high school athletics. He's already covering st- – you're literally covering stuff as we speak from uh, uh, tennis, right? You're watching ha- uh, Harrison Tennis today. Well, I, I was following along because I'm trying to, uh, you know, save myself a little bit for tomorrow. But, yeah, Harrison, uh, the boys' tennis team – one against Columbus North, three to two. We'll play Homestead tomorrow at 10 a.m. in the state semifinal. And if they win that, they're playing for a state championship at Carmel tomorrow at two o'clock, which, uh, you know, we've had a lot of state champions in Tippecanoe County. Uh, individual tennis state champion last year, that was a first. Uh, but as far as a team winning a state championship in tennis, you have to go back to the 1970s. So this is a, a very huge deal for the community to have a tennis team going this deep in the tournament. Yeah, the, uh, the the tennis attire is very different back then. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But uh, congratulations to Harrison Boys Tennis. All right, uh, what's up next here? Okay, we got what volleyball uh, sectional semifinals, right? Yeah, that's tomorrow morning. Championships are 6 o'clock. It's uh, numerous sites tomorrow evening. Uh, we're going to have a lot of champions. Obviously, McCutcheon and Central Catholic won state titles last year. They're both um, trying to make a deep run again. Central Catholic this time in the two-way tournament, um, was the Class A champion last year, and that whole success factor, factor thing comes into play. Um, but, yeah, McCutcheon is 30-1 and one now, I believe, and looks very much like a team that could repeat. Dang. All right. Um, how about soccer? I can't believe how many soccer teams we have in regional finals this weekend. Yeah, two from Faith Christian and two from West Lafayette, which is uh, the great thing is both of those will be at the same site. So... You'll have at Taylor tomorrow, you'll have Faith Christian uh, girls playing at, I believe, 2 o'clock against Fort Wayne Canterbury, and then the boys will follow against Park Tudor. Uh, winner will go to semi-state the following week. And then at Mishawaka Marion, you get a, a Mishawaka Marion West Lafayette doubleheader uh, after both of those programs won regional semifinals this week. The boys, you know, making it dicey going down to the final two and a half minutes and being down a goal and then scoring twice. Uh, out of nowhere to basically stun, uh, you know, the team on the other side of the field that, you know, was already kind of punching its ticket into the regional final. But, uh, you know, it's more fun for West Lafayette to have those two playing back-to-back again. I think this is the second year in a row that that's happened. Um, you get a large fan base, and you can stay for both matches that way. I like it. It's a two-for-one. There you go. Uh, Sam King with us from the Lafayette Journal and Courier on the Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, we want to go over to football now. Last week in the regular season – uh, our matchup out at Shubin Stadium where uh, the Jeff Broncos will host Kokomo. Uh, they've been needing a late-season litmus test for quite some time, Sam. I mean, uh, the last couple of years, October's been, you know, Richmond and, like, uh, you know, Logansport, and teams that have not been very good or not challenged them. Uh, tonight, it seems like they might be able to get a little bit of a challenge out of an undefeated Kokomo Wildcats team. Yeah, they should ha- be challenged. Uh, I think that, you know, even though, Kokomo's 8-0, I would think that Lafayette Jeff probably has more overall talent. Um, sometimes that doesn't mean you win the game, but uh, it's definitely win or lose exactly what uh, Lafayette Jeff needs out of Week 9. Uh, in the past, going into a 6-8 tournament where you haven't had your starters on the field in the second half for pretty much a month, 
um, that's not a good thing, especially going into 6A football because you're playing, you know, programs with 100 guys on the roster that, um, you know, they're going to be seasoned and, and well-conditioned because they've been playing dogfights, uh, you know, down the stretch. And so this is going to be great for not only to, to play a full game, but also to see where you are going into the sectional because it, it really is the regular season, as much as we talk about conference titles and things, it really is about being the best possible team you can be in your 10th game of the season, uh, which is, is your first sectional game. So uh, if there are any mistakes that still need corrected or anything that, um, you know, the coaches are wondering about, you're going to find out about that tonight against Kokomo. Um, Harrison is going to host Richmond in something that will happen. I mean, you don't need to break that thing down, man. I mean, it, that's going to be over before it gets started, right? I mean, uh, Richmond's just not up to par in, in any category, it seems like. And, uh, Harrison was senior night here. They'll be able to honor all their seniors and stuff, give their guys some rest. But what a heck of a season Harrison has had so far. And um, you know, they're going to be the favorite in their sectional as well, aren't they? Yeah, I, I would think they will be the favorite in the sectional. The great thing is, even though Richmond isn't a competitive opponent, most likely against Harrison, there's a game and a chance to honor seniors where it sounded like a week ago this game might not happen. So. You know, I anticipate a lot of maybe one and two play drives early for Harrison before they, you know, pull the players out and put some other guys in, maybe get some seniors out there on the field for extended time that don't get to play a whole lot, which is the, kind of the great thing about uh, a senior night game that you're going to win going away. And then you, you get to take home the NCC title with a win, regardless of what happens with Kokomo and Lafayette Jeff. So uh, it should be a, a, you know, a great cap to the regular season, even though, you know, we talk about Jeff needing a competitive opponent. Uh, Harrison probably would like that too, but this is also, you know, Harrison's going to go into the sectional as a favorite, whereas Lafayette Jeff is going to go into a sectional where it's probably even or slightly behind a crown point team that um, you're going to have to make plays down the stretch to win that game. So, um, yeah, this is just a great thing for Harrison because it's a chance to play a game, honor your seniors, hopefully get out of there quickly and, and get nobody hurt and move on to, you know, what is a bye week next week. And now, Having this game, you don't have two straight bye weeks going into the sectional. All right, speaking of uh, senior nights over there on the south side, the McCutcheon Mavericks are uh, going to host a Marion team. What a win for them last week. Uh, going to the running clock, I expect them to go down and win at Tech, but to hit the running clock by halftime, that's just a huge, huge boost to them. Uh, a team that I thought was you know, getting better usually week to week. They had a couple of setbacks there, um, you know, especially with like the Jeff game. But at the same time, you look at who they were playing and losing to, they're, they're not on par with those programs. They're in a middle-of-the-pack NCC team. Now all of a sudden they can play teams that are a little bit more on their level, and uh, they're blown away. That was a heck of a win last week at Tech, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I texted uh, Josh Strasser after that game that night, and um, you know he sent me some statistics, and I said, I'm just happy for your kids. Because when you're working hard every single week, and then you go out on Friday night and and get, you know, you get beat on the last couple of weeks, get beaten pretty soundly, um, that's hard. It's, it's hard to come back the next week and stay motivated. And somehow that team has, has managed to do it all season long and just moved on to the next. But you, you want to be able to win games and have a, a week where you come out motivated, but also like, hey, we're, we're not as bad as maybe our record says we are. And, you know, the thing about teams that are struggling is, and we saw it with McCutcheon against Kokomo, against Lafayette Jeff, you get behind a couple scores early, you tend to fold or, or shut down and say, okay, here we go again. Well, this time, you know, you're playing a team that's struggling in tech, and you 
get a, a touchdown on your first drive, then you get a defensive score on the next uh, play. Uh, the fumble that Cam Little scooped up and scored on. All of a sudden, you're up two touchdowns early, and that team folds, and uh, that allowed them just to kind of have a fun night. A lot of different guys got in the end zone. I think Owen Smith threw five touchdowns to five different guys, which um, you want to reward those kids that are, you know, maybe a tight end that's been blocking all year and hasn't had a pass thrown his way, and then you get down inside the 10, and you're like, hey, let's let's run a play to get him open in the end zone and, and reward him. So that was a great great payoff for a lot of those kids that have been working hard. And then, you know, I think more of the same could happen tonight, which would be not only, you know, great for those kids, but that's a great uh, boost going into the sectional to say, hey, we won back-to-back games, and we won them pretty soundly. We think we can play with some teams. And I think that's that's a huge, if you can have that attitude going in against the Decatur Central team, which, quite frankly, hasn't really been uh, as good as they have in the past. They seem like they're really struggling to score the football. Uh, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say, hey, listen, they can go out there and, and they can beat the Hawks, but if they go to another running clock at the half here again, it's definitely got my attention now, wouldn't it? Yeah, and you get two weeks, uh, if you're in 5A or 6A, to prepare for your next opponent. So when you go into those first sectional games, if you're one of the larger schools, there's nothing you shouldn't know that the, about the other team. I'm sure you watch as much film as you can. You Plays that they ran one time all season long, you probably know that and have it somewhere in the back of the scouting report. So if you see that formation, you say, hey, we saw this in, in week three when they were up by 21 points. We know what's going to happen here. So uh, it always becomes a great chess match when you get to sectional because teams will do anything they can to win and go to the next week. And on top of that, you've you know scouted your opponent better than you've scouted anybody all season long up to that point. Red Devils will make a trip out to Western. Uh, I mean, already shellacked them earlier on in the season, but I know that defense got a little disrespect. They gave up three really large runs, over 60 yards, each one of them, uh, back there in, uh, what was it, like week three or week four. Uh, I expect them to roll here again, but uh, this seems like more of a revenge game for the defense than anything else. Well, Western is a, a very good team, and as Coach Shane Fry pointed out to me, and um, most likely to you as well, uh, Western was 0-3 at one point and had lost to Tri-West, Western Boone, and West Lafayette in consecutive weeks, which are all, you know, at the time were all top five teams in, in 3A and still all are ranked in the top ten. So that's a very difficult stretch to start your season with. And since Western hasn't lost, and now because of that has a chance to win a Hoosier Conference championship if it can avenge, uh, you know, that week three loss to West Lafayette. Uh, the Red Devils obviously a little bit different look than, than that game because Connor Blankman was – playing in that game until he tore his ACL, and then you had David Curl come in for him. Um, the good thing is, we talk about it every week, Dawson Martin has just gotten better and better, and now he's kind of a guy that's, you know, at first I wondered, is that going to be what they're going to go with in the sectional? And now it looks like, you know, that's a very solid option to have back there in the backfield. But, um, you know, when I wrote my predictions, the thing I said is, you're going to have two quarterbacks run for a lot of yards tonight, but uh, I would never bet against Max Mullis. So. No. I like the Red Devils to win this game. Um, I think the defense does still feel like it has something to prove, especially against uh, you know this this wing T formation that uh, can cause a lot of teams fits. Um, you know, Rensselaer runs a, a variation of it. Um, Chocomo runs a variation of it that you'll see tonight. So uh, Western very much is the same way, where you can't let that team control a game by putting together a seven or eight minute drive. You've got to get ahead a couple scores and then stop them from getting three or four yards every single play. 
All right, and then uh, real quick there, it's uh, Central Catholic, and they're going to take on Hamilton Heights. That's a great matchup for them. What, what a great litmus test. They're going to get uh, these guys here, uh, Winnemac next week, and then uh, if they can win that Winnemac game, which they should, uh, they're going to get tested again against uh, Lewis Cass. Uh, I think you're going to find out over the next three weeks who this Central Catholic team is, if they are a pretender or a contender. Uh, I tend to shade towards the latter there, uh, Sam. What do you think? Yeah, and you were at the game at Benton Central last week, and I know that Benton Central um, is not, you know, athlete to athlete matching up well with Central Catholic, but I thought Central Catholic played maybe its best game of the season, and it's hard to say that because of the the opponent that was on the other side of the field that's been struggling in in recent weeks, but um, it just seemed like everything seemed to be on time, precision passes, um, great runs. You know, they've got a freshman in there that had busted a big run that uh, the team is very high on. Uh, it seemed like everything just seemed to be clicking at the right time. And uh, to be honest, the best thing that happened was that uh, Cass was not that crossover game uh, because it would be very hard to play them twice in a span of three weeks. But, uh, yeah, Hamilton Heights is a, a very quality team. I think this will be a competitive game into the fourth quarter and possibly to the, the last couple minutes that, uh, you talk about Jeff needing a, a big game uh, to prepare them. It's the same thing for Central Catholic, which is, you know, kind of steamrolled a few opponents here as of late. So this is a game where you get a chance to play your guys for four quarters and uh, hopefully come out with a win. But if not, come out with, uh, you know, some lessons that you can work on the next week to get ready for the sectional. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier, a very busy weekend in high school sports, but he's got it all covered for you. So make sure you get your subscription to the JNC. Follow him on Twitter as well. Sam, always a pleasure. We'll see you out on the circuit tonight. All right. Always appreciate you having me on, Jared. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. Welcome back. The Hammer Down Show continues. 1017 The Hammered, 1017 TheHammered.com. To our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead hotline we go. And Coach Brian Nay is on with us. Uh, another big win last week over Benton Central game you heard here on uh, 1017 The Hammer. Coach, congratulations on uh, another good W there. Um, I, for, for me, look, Baylor Smith, great as always, 20 carries, 136 yards, four touchdowns. But, uh, there's a guy we talked about last week in, uh, Mason Meister, you, you know, freshman that you thought was working real hard and, uh, a great coachable kid. He gets his first touchdown, uh, of his varsity career last week as well. Um, and the sideline just erupted for that young man. You can tell he's a, he, he is a really a favorite in the locker room, isn't he? Yeah. He's got the juice too, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. he's, he's explosive. <laughs> He is explosive, um, and running behind, you know, running behind uh, the offensive line uh, that, that we're that we're fortunate enough, that we're fortunate to have, uh, you know, he, he can really uh, showcase that as well. But yeah, Baylor, Baylor was great. The O line, the the entire offensive line were our uh, juice players of the week, which is that's our offensive. Those are our off- offensive MVPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime you run for, you know, almost eight and a half a clip. Uh, you got to give it to your offensive line because that is uh, extremely impressive. When you know when it's second and two, uh, that you, you can do some things with that. So, uh, but yeah, no hats off to you know we, it was uh, it was we played a complete game. Uh, you know our 12th man was on fire and and uh, they really um, they really got us going. Uh, those guys on the sideline were were out of control. It was really good to see. And uh, you guys clearly were working on some things too, notably like two point conversions. Uh, uh, had that little onside-ish kind of kick, too. Um, how, how do you guys feel like you executed some of those things that clearly you wanted to work on here before you guys hit the last game of the season? 
Not great, and you see, and you see why it needs work. I mean, you saw last week why it needs work because you never know. Uh, you know, when you, you get uh, after after this week, after this week, uh, you know, if you don't get it, if you don't get it done, man, you're uh, you're turning in pads the next Monday. So, uh, so yeah, we uh, we wanted to use that as an opportunity to to see those things and, and see how we execute them on a Friday night. And uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, there's definitely still some very much some kinks that we got to work out. All right, so good one here tonight in the crossover matchup. You guys are going to be taking on the Hamilton High Tuskies, a uh, a six and two squad here that uh, has been pretty darn solid throughout the year. I mean, just losses to Western, who's uh, uh, playing in the championship game, and then uh, North Montgomery, uh, a solid three A program as well. Uh, this is a tremendous test, a great great position to get yourself a little litmus test heading into uh, sectionals. I think you got to be thrilled with getting this matchup. Yeah, no doubt. You know, we're very, very excited to have the opportunity to, uh, you know, to try to go over there and finish uh, top three in the Hoosier Conference, which is no small feat um, to be, uh, you know, to be, to, you know, to be in that matchup and to be in that game. Uh, you know, it says a lot about our kids. It says a lot about their team as well. So, uh, um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be our, it's going to be our biggest test probably since uh, week four with Westside. Um, and we're going to see, you know, we're, we're going get, to get to see before the tournament exactly how, how, how far we've progressed uh, since week four. You know, uh, I, think, I think the boys have, have showed up with a, with a level of consistency uh, that, that, that we've seen improvement every single week. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, when we, uh, we better be ready when we step, you know, the, the, set, the, the second we step off the bus tonight, we better be ready to go because, uh, you know, if we're not, it's going to be a long night uh, down in Arcadia. Yeah, what is it about the Huskies? What do they do really well? What do you got a game plan for? Uh, they, they have a you know a, a very aggressive and physical style of play. Um, they're confident in what they do uh, offensively. Uh, offensively, they're going to run it right at you, and they've got a uh, they got a QB um, Bro, uh, Brody Deere who uh, you know who, who can spin the rock as well. Uh, and then defensively, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna they're gonna force the issue. They're gonna they're gonna play, uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna load the box up and 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 they're gonna try to stop your, you know, they're gonna stop the run first. And and you know, based on film, you know, they look like they have a lot of confidence in their back end, and uh, they're gonna challenge, you know, challenge challenge the receivers in the in the pass game. And um, you know, they don't make they don't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, they play uh, they play pretty clean. They you know they play you know pretty clean football. And, uh, you know, I, it was only a matter of time, you know, coach Kirshner comes from a football family, you know, his old man was at, as that was at Ben Davis, won a couple of state titles there, uh, you know, got, you know, really, uh, rebuilt, rebuilt Mount Vernon, uh, Fortville and got, you know, the, you know, they were there competing for state titles. Uh, and now he's at Warren central and, and, you know, uh, coach Kirshner played at Ben Davis and played for the, you know, the legendary Dick Dullahan. And uh, nose ball. I mean, you, you knew when he th- you knew when he took that job. We took we took we took those jo- he took the Hamilton Heights job the same year uh, we took this job. So, you know, we, it's 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 really uh, you know it, it's you can see you can see uh, his you know his fingerprints all over that program uh, in their style of play. Just you know, I remember him as a player. Just he was a tough tough player. Um, and uh, they play that, you know, they have that same style of play. So they're going to, they're going to try to get after you. And, uh, you know, like I said, we got to be, we got to be ready the second, you know, the second our feet, you know, hit the ground in uh, Arcadia coming off the bus. 
Talking with Coach Brian Nay, Central Catholic Knights here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, ben Mazur with the uh, lion's share last week, 15 to 21. Uh, you call him Benji, uh, and he's you know had a very short time frame here to get up to speed because of uh, you know that minor uh, elbow surgery that he had at the uh, beginning of the season. So uh, where is he at now? You think in the progression, and uh, do you think he's ready to go for you as uh, you guys uh, start out sectionals next week against Winnemac? Yeah, he's just he's gotten better every week. Um, you know, he, he he's to the point where, you know the you know the injury, uh, you know that that's behind him. It's it's not a, it's it's not even a, a thought. You know, it's not even a thought for him anymore. And he's he's done a great job of really, uh, you know, getting back to to really detail oriented quarterback play. Uh, and then having Bobby, you know, Bobby's right there to push him as well, uh, especially in practice. Uh, those, those guys those guys compete uh, compete against each other every single day. Um, but yeah, he's 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 progressed. He's he's very efficient in the past game. He's he's always been a very accurate quarterback, um, and uh, you know the fact that he's you know he like I, I've said before he's you know he's probably the um, the most gifted athlete that walks our halls at LCC. So uh, you know and he, and he has a, there's a lot of confidence uh, in his game that comes along with that. He's he's never lacked on confidence. Believe me. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so we, we feel like you know we feel like he's right where he, he's right where he needs to be at this time of the year, and uh, you know we're really looking forward to, to to seeing what you know where he takes where he takes this offense. Um, but again, don't sleep on Bobby because uh, you know Bobby you know we, we have two var- we have two we have two high level varsity quarterbacks, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna use we're gonna use them to the you know we're gonna use them in a, in a way that maximizes you know. The dynamic play of our offense but also you know our defense you know our, our defense has come a long way as well and and, and they're really they're really playing a, a fun style of football right now and and it's, it's definitely starting to click with them and you've seen that the last you know you've seen that the last three weeks you know we uh we oh, didn't yeah. close out tipton like like we wanted to but in the last three weeks uh they show you know they they showed up and and, and they did what they were supposed to do yeah, it's a fun brand of football when you uh, don't let the opposing offense cross the uh, 50 for like three quarters. Uh, I, I can definitely see that's a fun brand of defense for you guys. Coach Brian Yeah, Nay. I'll, I'll <laughs> sign up for that. <laughs> I bet you will, buddy. Coach Brian Nay, Central Catholic Knights. Again, they get to Hamilton Heights tonight in that uh, third, fourth place game uh, in the uh, Hoosier. And then next week, uh, they will take on Winnemac Week 1. For the sectional coach, uh, it seems like everything's going great for you. Uh, best of luck tonight here. I hope everything goes well, and uh, you guys go ahead and uh, take home that uh, third place spot tonight. Yeah, it's a great time to be alive. We're getting, we're getting on, you know, getting ready for playoff football. Week one eighty two's back together. I mean, I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Tell uh, tell nineteen ninety nine. I said, what's up while you're back there? Okay, we will do. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I am your host, Jared Jessalas. Thanks to Coach Brian Nay for being on with us here at CC with a, a nice little couple of weeks of football that they're going to have. A great test against the Huskies tonight. Uh, they get Winnemac next week. They win that game. Uh, they get Lewis Cass off of that bye in the sectional, and then they'll also have them at home. And yeah, that'll be, be awesome. Looking forward to that. I. I think they've got the makeup of a team that can make that run, but uh, yeah, they're going to get some tests here and there. 
during the sectional and, and into uh, the regional stuff. But I'll be honest, I, not one of those games where I'm like, I don't know that they really have a chance to win that. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll, I'll love to see what they're going to end up doing here uh, tonight. So, uh, yeah, if you listen to us on uh, Football Friday night tonight, you know that uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you updated with what's going on out there. All right, we're actually out at Schumann Stadium, but uh, we'll have an eye out on that game as well as the rest of the area games. All right, time for a few things that we may have missed um, for you gambling aficionados. Uh, by the way, I am crushing hockey right now. Uh, I am. You, you want a freebie for tonight? How about this? Uh, take Nikita Kucherov to score tonight. He has scored a goal in eight of his last eight games. Eight of his last eight, he has scored against the Columbus Blue Jackets. How about that for a stat, right? So I'm on Kucherev tonight. There you go. That's my hockey play for the season. I love the board tonight. It's only like four games. A lot of teams playing on short rest. Backup goalies. Eh, I'm going to pause. I also think you may want to run to your uh, sports book here before this line continues to go up. Uh, Tom Brady heads to Pittsburgh um, uh, one o'clock on Sunday, the Steelers released their injury report. They are missing one, two, three, three corner. Uh, I'm sorry, four members of their secondary, including Minka Fitzpatrick and their starting tight end. Oh, and uh, Demarvin Leal, who has been helping fill in for T.J. Watt. So there you go, top three corners, my top safety, all gone against Tom Brady. Already declared out. So, there you go. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I, already put, I already put something down. Terrell Edmonds, my backup safety is out too. Oh, no, he's he was full practice. Never mind. But still, that's top three corners missing against Tom Brady. Not It's not happening. And a rookie quarterback who they can't protect. I am in so much trouble. Uh, other things that we uh, might have missed today or that are a little bit out of bounds, I was super psyched to see this news. They're going to do a movie, a uh, 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 life story on John Daly. You know who they got to play John Daly? Jonah Hill. Oh, my gosh, yes. Please, please, I need this so bad in my life. He's going to be absolutely perfect as John Daly. How tall is Hill? Because he's a shorter guy, right? And some of those tee shots, can you fake some of that stuff? He's 5'7". Like, it, it might look slightly awkward, slightly awkward. Daly's 5'11". It's not that huge of a deal, I guess. I don't know why I thought Daly was a little bit taller. That's going to be great. That is so dead on. That's so bang on perfect of a casting. Oh. That's going to be good. Big weekend this weekend for college football in the Big Ten. Of course, the West uh, continues to be up for grabs. Kyle Charters and myself will prepare you starting at 5.30 here with experts from uh, Nebraska as well as uh, some local beat writers as well. We will get you prepared for a uh, matchup that's going to help determine uh, what the Big Ten West is going to look like. Purdue remains a 14-point favorite. Uh, As much as I hate to do it, 
Uh, I do have to take Nebraska and 14 points uh, in this one, but a lot of great matchups this week. You know, Penn State and Michigan. That's two top 10 teams. Michigan, a seven point home favorite. I took Penn State in Media Mania. I sound crazy. But I took Penn State. I love that defense for Penn State. Minnesota, Illinois, big battle in the West there. Neither one of them want to lose one of those games. Otherwise, they're behind the eight ball. They're out of the driver's seat. Does Illinois have to go with DeVito? I honestly have not checked. Is it DeVito? Because that changes it a little bit for me. But I still like Illinois as a dog at home. If I'm getting like seven points, and the over-under is only 39. Man, I still... Both those teams can run the ball well. I mean, DeVito, if it's him, is going to be outclassed by Tanner Morgan, but that's not like a huge glow-up or anything like that. So, great matchup. Maryland and IU... Come on, we're going Maryland. And uh, Wisconsin and Michigan State, a beard stroker if there ever was one. Was this Wisconsin team for real last week? I know that Michigan State's fraught. But they're going to get somebody here eventually. And I'm not sure that Wisconsin blowout of North, uh, of Northwestern is indicative of who this team actually is. But Graham Mertz looked fantastic. Graham Mertz looked every bit of the hype that he's been since he's been there at Wisconsin and never lived up to. 299 and five touchdowns. That's a bad Northwestern team. But let's face it, this, North, this Wisconsin Badgers team hasn't looked right in quite some time. Uh, is that the change? Is that Leonard? Or is that just an inferior opponent? I got a lot of questions coming in this one. I still like Wisconsin to win it. Um, six points. Seven points, sorry. Ugh. We might be asking some. I don't know. If you forced me to do it, I'd take Wisconsin. And I would I would lay the seven. I would totally do that. But we'll get into that more. All that last second stuff, we'll have it for you tomorrow. Starting at 5.30 p.m., Turn us on in your tailgates, running errands, whatever you're doing. We will get you the latest and everything you need to know ahead of that game against Nebraska. We have got you covered. Tonight, starting at 6.30, we're live from Schumann Stadium, 7 o'clock with the kickoff against Kokomo. I'll see you back then. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you back here on Monday on the Hammer Down Show. Haley's Lock Safe and Key has been keeping your stuff safe since 1969 and is proud to announce the arrival of brand new safes from Brownie. 2023 model Browning safes are ideal for keeping your firearms, valuables, documents, whatever you want protected with patented innovations and proven fire protection. See the new 2023 safes from Browning at Haley's Lock Safe and Key, 415 North Earl Avenue in Lafayette and 200 West Spring Street in Crawfordsville. Let's hit- 